This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we're in a series on faith. Amen. And if you have your uh, Bibles, open your Bibles to Hebrews eleven six, And I want to just make this a foundational scripture for our uh, faith series this, this month. And it's the foundations of faith. And, you know, you can't, you can't do anything without faith. Amen. Faith is the key. And um, I love Hebrews eleven six. one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Of course, I tell you, I have a lot of favorite verses. And, but uh, Hebrews eleven six 6 uh, says it this way. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently Seek him. Amen. So, so this is really saying this is saying, first of all, faith begins just knowing that God exists, knowing that God is here. Amen. And of course, in the, in the book of Romans, uh, Paul says that really even unbelievers know that God exists because, you know, nature declares the glory of God. So it, even even atheists. If they get to a point where they're in a place where they really need God, they will call out to God because we all know that there's a God. Amen. Amen. And then we have to understand this, that God, you know, he's he's pleased by faith. And so we can't please God any other way but by faith. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm pleasing God by faith. Amen. I'll get you preaching. And uh, so we have to please God by faith. So you can't please God any other way. That's how you get saved is by faith. Amen. And so we're talking about faith here this morning, and we're talking about three cooperative powers that, that's going to work ev- in everyday life when you're walking in faith. And, and th- you may not realize this, but one of the cooperative powers that, that we walk in that's part of faith is hope. Can somebody say hope? In Hebrews 11.1, 1, I like this. Uh, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. So we, we discovered that this, this month that you already aware of that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, you know, hope also comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as well. And hope is the first part of faith. If you have no hope, then you then your faith will not be working because your faith has to work on hope. So faith actually brings the substance of what we are hoping for. My question to you this morning is, do you have any hope? Because if you don't have any hope, then you have no faith to work on that hope. Amen. In other words, uh, hope is the vision or the dream that is produced by a positive expectation that God's word will come to pass in our lives. Now, listen, you know, the devil is working constantly on us. And what he, he, he wants to come against our faith, but how he does that is he comes against our hope. Yes. Because if he can get you down on your hope, if you have no hope, then you ha- your faith has nothing to work on. Amen. But you have to have a hope, which is a vision. You have to believe that there's going to be better days. Yes. You have to believe that God is, that Jesus is getting ready to come back and split the eastern sky. You have to believe. Amen. Amen. That, that when we die, we're going to heaven. Amen. That, that we have resurrected bodies, glory to God, that we're going to receive. And we have to believe that we have to have hope, glory to God. 
And so hope is the dream or the goal setter. Uh, it's, it's likened to a thermostat on a wall. You have to, when you set that thermostat to whatever we set a thermostat here to, uh, I think, 70 degrees. 70, I guess. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But hopefully that, that unit outside is making the, the, the place in the room cool. Amen? Or hot, however you want to do it. And really, your heart is, is like the unit and, and our faith, amen, our hope is the goal setter, amen? And so the word of God produces, produces hope in our life. God will produce hope or the vision. Our hope is a vision that will produce the faith actions that will produce a results of the word of God. That's, that's, let me read that again. God's word will produce hope or the vision. Our hope or the vision will produce faith and I put actions that will produce a result of the word. In other words, uh, faith without corresponding action is dead. So hope should move us into a place where we're acting in faith. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Now, let's look at faith for salvation. And this is a, a, a familiar scripture for most of us. But I, I love faith for salvation. I'm going to say this. If you, whatever you need God to work in your life, just get some seed of God's word. And start meditating on that seed. Plant that seed and start speaking that seed. And, and that seed of God's word brings a vision. And the more you meditate on that seed of God's word, then, then the fruition of it will come to pass. Then it will actually grow in our lives. And so again, you know, the devil will work against our hope because he wants us looking at a vision that's negative but God always wants us looking at a vision that's positive. God's word is positive. Can I get an amen here? Amen. So in John three sixteen it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I like this because it says, who, who, whoever believes. So God's not qualifying uh, just a particular people group. He's saying whoever Somebody say, I'm a, I'm a whoever. So it's a whoever. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This should give you some hope that God wants you saved. Amen. It says he, uh, in verse 18, he says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So we see this, that, that, that you know, he's, he's clarifying some things. He's saying that, that if you believe in the Son of God, that brings you in a place of salvation. And that's the hope of our salvation is heaven. Amen. The hope of our salvation is resurrected bodies. The hope of, in other words, this world is temporal. What we're living in today will be gone tomorrow. We live a vapor life. Amen. And we need to be preparing for eternity. Amen. Amen. Because this life is short, short. Even if you live 100 years, uh, 100 years of age, it's still just a, a, you know, blink of eye in the span of eternity. See, somebody, somebody say, I'm getting ready for heaven. So the scriptures gives us hope of salvation. Amen. Uh, I like what it says in, 10, in Romans 10, 9 and 10. And this is more, uh, this is actually how you connect from hope to faith to bringing in salvation into your life. Now, this is salvation, but it can, it can work for healing in your bodies. It can work for finances. Whatever you need, you have to get some faith seed in that area. 
and allow that faith seed by speaking that faith seed to come into your heart and allow it to grow. Amen. Until it becomes a reality in your life. Somebody say, I'm walking by faith. Amen. That's how we live. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Amen. And so Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this way, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the confession with the, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we see here, this is elementary. I know it's pretty basic this morning, but this is saying here, Paul is saying that, you know, it's not a maybe that you will be saved. It's not if God's in a good mood that you will get saved. No, he's saying that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Well, see, that works with everything in faith and what we're believing God for. If you believe in God for healing for your body, you may have to confess some word of God. Amen. You have to allow that. You have to believe it in your heart. The, the, the problem with us and with, mo, with a lot of Christians is we can confess some scriptures, but we don't have it in our heart yet. And, be, and you may, anybody deal with sickness in here every once in a while? Have you ever heard of saying, you confessing, well, won't you confess the healing scriptures? A lot of times we confess the pain. We confess our hurts. We confess our weaknesses. We confess that. And what that does, it, it, it makes that, it makes the mountain strong and bigger in our lives. But we need to change our confession and we need to start speaking what God says about our situation. So it's easy to speak what is. It takes faith to speak what's not. You know, I'm declaring that God's bringing people in, you know, to the church and we have to continue to believe that we go out, we do what we got to do, witness and be nice. Look at your neighbor and say, be nice. And we got to be nice to people Amen. or they're not going to like, you know, if they don't like you. They probably won't like your God either. OK, did I say something? So if they, so if people don't like you, they probably won't like your God. Amen. Uh, God's been working on me about, you know, making sure I don't have an attitude out there. You know, when people, you know, when businesses aren't doing right or when the waitress is messing up, you know, sow some grace. Sow some mercy, especially if you're wearing an Exceed Life t-shirt. Sow some grace. Sow some mercy. Amen. So we, we, we have to sow that. And guess what you reap? You'll reap mercy. You'll reap love. Amen. So, so this right here is saying that when we confess and we believe, when it moves from our head to our heart, then we're going to see the blessings of God in our lives. And a lot of us have a lot of head knowledge but we don't have faith of the heart and faith of the heart gets the job done. Amen. You have to have faith in heart. Again, it, it, it goes in by, by as you, you know, listen, the more whatever you think about, whatever you meditate on, that's where you will go. Amen. That's why you have to guard your hearts. The Bible says, because, you know, a lot of us were taking in a lot of the world stuff. Or, you know, we watch TV 40 hours a week. We watch a movie once a week and it has all kinds of junk in there. And that's coming into our eye gates and our ear gates. And what that's doing is that's crowding our heart. So when we try to get the word in once a week, you know, some people eat three square meals a day and have one cold stack on Sunday morning. Hopefully this is not a cold snack, but hopefully it's a hot meal. But 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, you know, you, you, you got to get more of the word in. If, 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 if how, how's it working for you? I mean, is the enemy trying to get you get a, trying to get you to have a vision of it's not working. It's falling apart. Uh, my finances aren't going well. The, the marriage isn't doing well. Then the enemy will try to get a vision there. And if he gets us speaking those things, it will it will make the mountain bigger. Amen. And we can make our mountain smaller by speaking grace to our mountains. Now, let's look at this story because we're going to look at a story about a miracle that occurred. Uh, And this is in the book of Acts. And this is with Peter and John. And let's look at Acts chapter three, uh, verses one and ten. And this is really good because uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I, they say it's better to walk in the blessing than to have a miracle. But I like miracles. How many people could, could use a miracle to get your debts paid off? Amen. Amen. I, I mean, my God, we, we're supposed to be the healthiest, wealthiest people on planet Earth. The Christian. We don't supposed to be operating like the world. So, you know, I, I'm believing that God's going to pay some of your, your houses off. Amen. We'll live in houses we didn't build, the Bible says. But, but you have to believe God and you have to put your faith in that and you have to walk in faith pertaining to financial blessing. Now, let's look at this in Acts 3. We're reading, one, we're reading uh, verse 1 and we're running it down to verse 10. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer and the, at the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms. And fixing his uh, eyes on him with John, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he, he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and anchor bones received strength. So he, leaping up and stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, we see here that was interesting because, you know, Jesus talks about when you're praying, you don't supposed to be praying out loud to let people, you know, for people to hear you so you can show how great you are as a prayer person. Amen. He says, when you pray, go into your inner room. Right. So but but Peter, he was saying, look, look, look at me. Look at me. It looked like he was trying to draw attention to himself. When you read this just right off. But you know what, what? What was Peter really doing? What Peter was really doing was trying to get the man's hope up. He was saying, hey, look at me. I got something for you. Of course, the guy was thinking, oh, yeah, you got some some money, some do re me money. You got some cash because that's all I get. But no, they had something more than cash. I'm saying when you're walking in faith, you don't need cash. All you need is faith. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. So, so they had more than just gold and silver. Some of us think if we have gold and silver, that's all we need. Sometimes we pray, Lord, if you just get me the gold and the silver, then I'm going to be good. You know, there's a lot of people that win lotteries and end up worse in the worst state. 
Just gold and silver is not going to get you there. Yeah, it will help you, but you better have some faith because you can lose some gold and silver. The enemy can steal from you some gold and silver. You can have money today and be broke tomorrow, but you better not be broke in faith. Because if you're broke in faith, then then you're you're out. Amen. So you have to have faith and you have to have hope. Amen. And so we see this, that 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 Peter got his expectancy up. This is what I want to say to you today is you need to make this year an Ephesians 320 year. In other words, you know, do you believe that God can do something more for you this year than last year? Do you believe that God can answer more prayers for you this year than last year? Do you believe do you believe that God can do more? Amen. Do you believe that God can do God can do more? Amen. Amen. And we have to believe that. And some people say, well, that's greed. No, that's growth. Amen. God will abundantly supply every need. That's what it says in 320. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Think about that. So he's saying here in Ephesians 320, he says, now now to him who is able. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power, the power that works in us. How much power is working in you this morning? How much of the word of God is working in your in your equation this morning? How much? See, listen, if you're down and depressed, I will have to say you're low on word. If you're down and depressed, you know, you're looking at the wrong thing. Because the enemy will try to get you to look at the wrong thing. But you need to look at the right thing. You need to look at God. Don't put your faith in people. Don't put your faith in in your paycheck. Don't put your faith in those things. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in God. Put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in anything but God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Too many people are putting their hope in everything else. But you need to put your hope in God. Amen. We have an eternal God. He is faithful. Amen. He's faithful to a thousand generations. Glory to God. So we see this, you know, um, so so we see that as we put our faith in God, uh, that God can do a, a Ephesians 320 year. Now, now the second cooperative power that works with faith. Now, this we deal with this every day. We have to deal with. I'm talking about hope. You have to you have to have hope every day. The devil's working against your hope. He's working against the vision or the goals that you have for your life. God wants to help you this morning. He wants you to obtain some things. Do you believe that today? Say, look at your neighbor and say, God wants to help you. Now look at your other neighbor and just say, ah, I don't know about you. No, I'm kidding. But God wants to help you. He's he's in the help. Jesus, you know, I study Jesus all the time. He was always helping people. He was either going somewhere to pray for somebody. He was always preaching. He was he was he was churning a bag lunch into a uh, into, you know, uh, a multitude of meals for for a multitude. Jesus was always doing something and he was always over the top when he provided for people. Do you believe that today? And so so we got to think about the love of God. And in Galatians five, six, this is really good. It says for for in Christ, Jesus, for in, in Christ, Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything 
but faith working through love. Think about that. So you say, I'm going to say this. You may have some faith, but if you don't have any love, then, then your, faith, your faith is really bankrupt. You can study the love chapter and you find out that you, if you have faith to move mountains and if you can speak with the tongues of angels and if you can have your body burn. But if you can have faith to do these, these, these things, you can have faith. But if you don't have love, Paul says we're nothing. So we can get a couple faith principles. We might be able to get some things from God. But how's our love walk? How's your love walk this morning? How much love are you walking in? It says here, it says that faith works through love. I believe that love is twofold. For we are commanded to walk in, the love, in God's love towards others in John 13, 34. So in John 13, 34, Jesus says this. He says, and it's interesting that he says this to his disciples. And it, it was basically at the end of Jesus's ministry. He didn't say it at the very beginning. You know, he was with his disciples for about three years. And he finally comes up with, with this command for the disciples. He said in John 13, 34, I, I, a new commandment I give you that you loathe one. No, that you love one another. I, I slipped there. Amen. A new commandment I give you that you love as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Listen, you can't you can't give away what you don't have. That, that, that's good preaching. If you don't understand the love of God and you don't have the love of God working in you, how are you going to give that that love away? So we, we got to get a revelation of God's love. Let's look at the great scripture in Mark. And we looked at this a couple weeks back, but this is powerful. This, we can overlook scripture. And I'm telling you, it takes time for scriptures to resonate into your heart. You just don't get it the first time just reading the Bible. Sometimes you need to read it over and over again until it becomes a reality into your lives. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so let's go to the great faith scriptures in Mark eleven twenty three, And let's look at this. And this is right after Jesus cursed the fig tree and it was withered. And Peter asked, you know, and said to Jesus, look, the fig tree is withered. And Jesus answered and said to, to them, his disciples, have faith in God. So we need to have faith in God. And he says, for surely, and actually it's really saying this. If you study it out, it says have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? It's, it's believing in your heart, speaking with your mouth, and it's coming to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said that we will be judged by every idle word. If we were, you know, you know, Jesus was very careful in what he said because, you know, he was so developed in faith. What he said will happen. What he says will happen. You know, if we were if we were that developed in faith and we lost our cool on the highway, cars would be blown away. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Get out of my way. You know, poof. It's a good thing that we're not that developed in faith. Am I, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But, but we can develop ourselves in faith. And so, and so, and for speaking to the mountains, you know, he says, he, has, he says, have the God kind of faith. For surely I say to you, whosoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So you got to believe in your heart, but believe those things that, 
but believe those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. That's powerful. You know, like I said a couple weeks ago, you may not get what you pray, but you will get what you say. What, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I should be getting what I pray. Not if you're saying things against your prayers. Okay. In other words, you can, you can actually put a hole in your, prayer, in your prayer faith. So you may not get what you pray, but you will always get what you say. In other words, you can say, God, thank you. You're so good. Thank you. You're supplying all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father God. I give and it's given back to me, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And all of a sudden, your wife says, the kids need more clothes. What? They need more clothes. We just bought clothes. That was about a year and a half ago. And let's check the thrift stores, you know. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, you know, you, you start, you, you know, you, you start finding out where people's faith is at. How do you find out where people's faith is at? What's coming out of their mouths. Well, we, you know, you, you, you start fretting about the bill that comes in and the enemy will try to get, you know, get a, a vision of the repo man coming to, to repo. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? Are, are you are you tracking with me this morning? I hope you're tracking with me this morning. So we're talking about faith here. And he says, you know, it's it's what James says. James says this in the book of James. He says, you know, he's talking about faith as well. And that's the book of wisdom. He says a double minded man will get nothing from God because he a double minded man is a man that vacillates between two opinions. One moment you believe God's for you. The next moment you believe the devil's going to kill you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you start vacillating between two opinions and then, then you don't get too much from God. But we have to stay focused. Somebody say stay focused. We have to stay focused on what God's word says. Amen. But he said, be removed and be cast into sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And I'm going to stop there because I didn't hit on this a couple of weeks ago. But see, faith is always in the now. You know, the, the, the scripture that I just read to you in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is. Faith operates in the now. It's not operating in the future. It operates now. Faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope can be, can be something in the future, but faith is, is an active verb. And it, and it operates now. Somebody say, I, I want it now. No, don't, don't say it. But faith operates in the now. And this is an interesting uh, piece of information that I want to give you. I won't charge you for that this morning. Is that you have to believe that you have received them and you will have them. A lot of people don't even realize that that's, that's basic faith 101. That's basic uh, faith 101 is that you have to believe that you have it before you see it. Most people are waiting, you know, most people come from Missouri, the show me state. Show me and I will believe it. Most people believe when they see something. Amen. But we have to believe it and believe that it's activated now in our life. That God's word is activated now in our life. That it's working now. Not, not that it's going to work in the sweet by and by. No, God's word is working. You know, when, when, man, when Daniel prayed 
uh, to get some answers from God in the Old Testament. Daniel prayed. He's an Old Testament prophet. Amen. And, and, and so he prayed. And, um, and so it took 21 days for him to get, get the answer. And that's where we get the Daniel's fast, the 21 day fast, or some may call it the Daniel's diet. Okay. And uh, so we get the Daniel's fast and, and it, it, you know, the angel that came to him after 21, 21 days, you're thinking, God, you're, 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 you're moving too slow. You know, God, you know, you know, God's very rarely late, but he's never early. Okay. You'll get that on the way home. He's very rarely late. You know, God, God's, God's never late, but he's rarely early. Let me put it that way. He's, 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 he's just on time, God. But, but what happened with Daniel was the angel said, God heard your prayer the first day. God dispatched the angel the first day. God's not slow. He's not slack, you know, pertaining his promises to us as, as what the world would say, slackness. God's not slack. No, no, no. God is watching over his word, the Bible says, to perform it. But there is a process. Somebody say process. process. Nobody likes the process word. There's a process. You know, I was eating at, at McDonald's the other day. And, and for some reason, it was taking a long time. And I thought it used to be called fast food. But it not, you know, lines of people. It, it, you know, they take a number now. You got to sit down at a seat. I'm thinking, I, man, it's like, a, it's like a restaurant now. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, but it used to be fast food. Not anymore. (laughs) Amen. It's not as fast as we want it to be. So we're in a microwave age. We want everything now, but we have to learn. Some of of us have to learn to wait upon the Lord. We have to learn to wait upon the Lord. Amen. And so he says here that, that you have to believe that you have received them and you will have them. That's really how. Listen, I was I went through a divorce many years ago and then I was believing for a wife. And, uh, you know, I I didn't Yen didn't come into the picture until I started believing that I had her now until that until it, the faith worked. I started praying. I said, thank you, Lord. By faith, I have my wife now. Now, I heard my 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 roommate used to tell me this and he got married before I did. And I used to just blow him off like but then I said, man, he got married before me. He, he must be standing on some truth. You know, we think we don't need any advice, right? And so we, I started praying, God, you know, it says it's not good for man to be alone. And, and, and you said that you won't withhold any good thing from those who walk upright before you. And so, Father God, I'm believing and I thank you that, 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 that I'm married by faith. And I started saying that in and um, and I had my pillow that I hugged every night when I was single. <laughs> had a nice picture of a beautiful woman on the, the face of no. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, you know I did hug my pillow back then, you know. And uh, praise God, now I now I have a flesh and blood body to hug. Amen. Whoa, man. Amen. And so, but when I when I switched and I shifted my faith. When I shifted into the now, it didn't take but weeks for Yin to come into the church. And I'm telling you, it was like, you know, it, it, like, it worked like magic. Now, that may not be a good word, but it worked like a miracle. That, that's a better word. And see, God can move and he can do that. But you got to get your faith in the now. Whatever you're believing God for, you got to get it in the now. And you got to believe it now. 
Now, now in this, the reason why I'm focusing on this scripture today, because there's some more words that Jesus spoke after he, he said, speak to the mountain. And he says it here is whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you of your trespass. That's a sobering word. My Lord. He's talking, you know, the grace preachers don't ever want to read this scripture. They say you're locked in. To salvation, there's no way you can walk away from God. You're in it for good, no matter how you act, no, how, no, matter, no, no matter if you say words against the covenant and curse God. No, no, no. you got to stay in, in faith. You got, your faith is, is an active verb. you got to actively believe. That's why when it says, when John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes, that word believe is an active verb. you got to keep believing. You just don't believe once. And I believed God years ago when I was a kid and I'm good. No, you got to continue to believe that God is here. You got to continue to believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. You got to continue to believe that. How do you believe that? Through your words and through your actions. Your words and your actions will tell off on what you believe in the Bible. Isn't that right? Your words and your deeds. We will be judged by our words on a great white throne. And then there's a. There's the, you know, the judgment seat of Christ. I don't believe anybody's going to be in the great, great white throne judgment because that's for the sinners. Amen. No, you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to be judged by what we what we said out of our mouths and, and, and our deeds and our actions. Some call it works. Our deeds and our actions. We're saved for good works. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says we're not we're not we're, we're saved you know, by grace, through faith, not of works, lest any man shall boast. But, but he has foreordained us for good works. Amen. So you're foreordained to do good works when you get saved. So you're not out of, you can't rest, rest on easy street. We're supposed to be walking and doing good things. Amen? Amen? But it says here, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So we must walk in the love of God. We must forgive those that hurt us. Because it will hinder your faith. Yes. Anytime you have an air of, uh, of, of bitterness or criticalness about you or an air of unforgiveness about you, that, you know, it will, it, it will hinder your faith from working the way uh, you want it to work. Amen. You could be battling sickness. Amen. You could be battling some things. But if you're, if you're not believing God, amen. Uh, well, you could be believing God, but you battle in sickness, but you're in unforgiveness. That unforgiveness can keep the sickness on you. Amen. Amen. Don't preach. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I, I heard of a story of a lady that was sick and she went in a meeting. She was hearing about walking in love to receive your healing. And she was out of sorts with her brother. And they haven't spoken in like in 20 years. And they were angry at each other. And as soon as she called, she called him and she asked forgiveness and and she, when she got back into that meeting for healing, every symptom that she had left her body. Why? Because unforgiveness can hurt you. Unforgiveness can hurt your faith. And so we need to walk in. That's why Jesus, when he, pray, when he had us pray the Lord's Prayer. Anybody remember the Lord's Prayer? He says, forgive us of our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is the Lord's Prayer. I think the Lord's Prayer is still relevant for today. I still think that we can pray that God will give uh, that 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 his will be done in our lives, that that his kingdom come in our lives, that that he would give us our daily bread, some manna that are you here? What I'm saying and forgive those and we forgive those who trespass against us and, and 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 he forgives us. So it works hand in hand. And so we need to walk in that forgiveness. If there's if there's anything, if you're harboring any ill or bitterness, let it go. Like I said before, and you've heard preachers say this, you know, when you're harboring ill will or unforgiveness towards somebody else, it's like you drinking poison and hoping them to die. It, 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 you're the one that's going to die on the inside. Amen. Let's look at a scripture here pertaining to faith and prayer and, and pertaining to how we can hinder our prayers. In 1 Peter 3, 7, because I, I'm, I'm backing up my point this morning about how walking out of love can hinder our faith, even though you may have all the mechanics down. You can have all the mechanics, but if you got some unloving ways about you, if you, if you have unforgiveness, it will hurt you, even though you have mechanics of faith right. It says in 1 Peter 3, 7, have you found it? Just say amen if you have. It says, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, give honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Notice that Peter's talking to husbands. He says, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Give honor to the wife. Husbands, honor your wives. And it says, as the weaker vessel. And he says, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You know, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want my prayers hindered. I, I, you know, I I pray for success. How many, how many men out here pray for success? I mean, you want success in your life. Amen. I want success. I want to walk in success. I, I I want to walk in the blessed. I want my marriage to be successful. I, I want, I want the church to be successful. I, I want everything that I do to be successful. Amen. And so, so I don't want my prayers to be hindered. I, I, I don't want them hindered by me walking out of love towards my spouse, towards my kids, or towards anybody else. Jesus said it this way, what you've done to the least of these, brethren, you've done unto me. Amen. So we need to be walking in love, amen, towards others, yes. especially unbelievers, amen. because we're going to be the only Jesus they see. Can I get an amen, amen. or an oh me? So, so, so we, again, we can have the mechanics right, but our, if our heart's not right, if we have wrong motives of our hearts, we're not going to see our prayers answered the way they need to be answered. Amen? Amen. So, so the second key to faith is, is working by love is that we need to get a revelation of God's love. You see, whenever the devil attacks us in our faith, he's going to attack us in, in, in some areas. He's going to attack us in our hope. Amen. He's going to try to get us to see something different, get us to see the worst. Or he's going to attack us in our love walk. And not just us walking out of love, but he's going to try to distort the perspective of the love that God has for us. Now, if you can get a revelation of how much God loves you, amen, then your faith is going to take on wings and soar like an eagle. Because where it is, is that we don't have a revelation yet. How can you tell you don't have a revelation of God's love in you? How can you tell that? Well, one of them is you're not walking in love. 
But another revelation is that you're walking in some type of fear. And we, we, if you're walking any kind of fear, fear of man, fear of the future, fear where you're going to end up. If you're walking in any kind of fear, then, you know, you're not perfected in God's love. It, fear of dying. Amen. Whatever fear that you're oper- that you may be, uh, you know, walking in, uh, it, it, it reveals it's a telltale sign that you don't have a revelation of God's love like you need a revelation of God's love. We all have a small revelation of God's love. But the greater the greater we understand how much God really loves us, uh, the less fear we're going to walk in and the more faith we're going to walk in. Amen. And so it says it says here in first John four eighteen, And I love first John. And if you are having troubles walking in love, study the book of first John, because he talks about love all through that book. And it says here in first John four, verse 18 It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Amen. Uh, Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been perfected in love. So, you know, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? So we, we tolerate any kind, and some say, I'm, I don't, I'm not fearing. Do you worry? <laughs> Do you ever worry? Because if you worry, you know, you, you may say, no, I'm just concerned, Pastor. I'm, I don't worry. I'm just a concerned individual. Now, listen, you need to put your concerns on the Lord. You need to put your worries on God. You know, if you ever worry about your future, what's going on, you have fear of the future. You know, you, know, you have to get some faith seed. And you've got to plant that faith seed into your heart and allow that faith seed to grow. What, what, what faith seed? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you an expected end, an expected hope. So we've got to believe that God has a good future for us. But pastor, it's looking really bad right now. It's not looking good. This year hadn't started the way I wanted it to start. Yeah, but you still got to believe that even though it may not be looking right, maybe things look a little distorted. Maybe things look a little bad. God can change it. He can change the six. He can change the canvas. You know, he can change the chalkboard of what it looks like. He has the magic eraser and he can erase and then he can put on that. You know, vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Have vision that God has better days. I think, I think the psalmist said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. And so we have to believe that there's going to be better days. Glory to God. And this year, somebody say, this year, this year. is my year, my year. in God. You got to believe that, that this year that I remember when I was preaching many years ago and I was getting the congregation to say this year is going to be the best year of my life this year. And I started saying that. And that was the year that I met in. Hallelujah. So, you, you know, you can school yourself into faith. You can actually school yourself into a better attitude. You can school yourself 
into getting the promises of God in your lives. Amen? Amen. And so we have to look at that. The number one fear that most people fear is death. People fear death. And as Christians, we should not be fearing death. Amen. You know, you get something on your body and, and the enemy wants you to, 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 to think the C word. You need to be, there's the, the little C and the big C. The big C is Christ. Amen. The little C is cancer. And the enemy will always wants you to get in thinking, do I got cancer? Amen. Listen, the power of God's word will blow that cancer right off your body. You must believe that. You must put the big C, Christ, over the little C, cancer. And so this person, I was, I was uh, looking at an interview one day, and this, per- this person, she, she had cancer in her body. And, she, and she, was, she was dealing with cancer, and God gave her a scripture. And it took the fear away of death from that cancer that she was dealing with. And it was in Philippians 1.21. And, and what God gave her was this. It says it, it, says it this way in Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Think about that. And she just took that scripture. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And she just kept meditating on that scripture until she got to a place where she didn't give a flip if she, if she died or not. You got to get a point where it doesn't really matter because the Bible actually says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Second Corinthians five, eight. Paul says we are confident. Yes, well, please rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. And so, so listen, if you if you I'm not trying to get any of you to check out early. Amen. I'm not saying go to heaven now. Amen. But, but I'm not saying give up either. I'm not saying, well, you get cancer. Well, I'm going to heaven. That's it. I'm not doing. No, I'm not saying that. No, the Bible says fight the good fight. Amen. We need to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. We need to fight cancer or disease like we would fight sin in our lives. Amen. We need to fight anything that will try to take life from us because Jesus said, I have given you life. And I have given to you more abundantly. We need to start standing with God's word. Amen. I like this. If, if you have fear of, of not living out your life, you know, stand on Psalms 91, 16. With long life, I will satisfy him and show my salvation. You know, he, you know, you know, I will declare the work. I will live and not die. There's another scripture that says I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And when we start confessing these, these scriptures boldly. Boldly. But you may, we may be timid when we start off, but when we start confessing it, it starts, it, there's seed being planted into your heart. And pretty soon hope will turn into faith that will turn into the blessing that you've been believing God for. Are you listening to me today? Have you gone home? Glory to God. I think I'm preaching better than your amen and amen. So anyway, we have to, we have to, we have to face whatever we're facing, whatever it could be. We have to face it with the word of God. Amen. Amen. How are we going to experience God's love? We need to get revelation of what Jesus has done through us through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's we got to get revelation. God's love was demonstrated to us through his son, Jesus, going to the cross. See, I don't think a lot of us get a revelation and understanding of this, that Jesus, oh, man, he took on the punishment of sin for us. I mean, I mean, Jesus went through hell literally 
so that we can go to heaven. I'm telling you, God's love was displayed in what Jesus did for us. We need to be meditating on that all the time. Jesus paid the awesome price. Jesus paid the sin that it's the word called propitiation. It's the it's the it's the sin debt. He's, he was the sin debt. He was paid. It was paid fully paid in full. Your blessing is paid in full. Your healing is paid in full. Your prosperity is paid in full because Jesus was stripped. Are you here? He became poor that through his poverty, we may become rich. That's more than just financial riches. That's one part of it. Is that we can be wealthy in every area of our lives. Are you listening to me or have you went home? Glory to God. So we have to experience that. So we have to meditate on what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That's God's display in his love. Do you know that God, you know that God uh, loves you as much as he loves Jesus? And some of you might say, well, that's hard for me to say, Pastor, because Jesus is perfect. I, I'm a screw up. You know, I mess up a lot. You know, I, I don't get it right all the time. I can see how God could love Jesus, you know, because Jesus did everything perfectly. But you know that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, John 17, 26. It's, it's the priestly prayer. John, the book of John, verse 17 Says it this way. He says, I have declared to them your name. This is Jesus praying. And I will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Think about that. So that same love that, that Jesus had, that God had for Jesus is upon us too. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? A lot of us think that, you know, that God just has love, you know. Uh, and, 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 and but God just doesn't have love. You've heard this before. God does. His very essence is love. God is love. He just doesn't have love because if you have something like, say, you want to, you know, compare it to water, you can have a glass of water or you can have a gallon of water. You could have, you know, a, a little bit of love or you could have a lot of love. You know, you, you can measure love, but God's love is unmeasurable. He, he doesn't just have love. He is love and he is love to us. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, so that is the truth of God's word that, that we got to get a revelation of that. You know, listen, you, there's, a, there's, there's a, a prayer and I got to close this down, man. I got to close this down. But there's a prayer in Ephesians 3.14. And it actually, Paul is exhorting us to pray that God will reveal his love to us. Do you know that Paul prayed? It's called the Ephesian prayers in chapter one, verse 17, chapter three, verse 14 and 19. I'm going to read this prayer, but you can actually pray that God will reveal his love to you. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. It says this. This is Paul in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. It says this. It says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the father. Our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. Now, now focus on what I'm saying here. Be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints 
what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Think of this. Paul is saying he's saying that and he's praying this prayer uh, to the a church of Ephesus. And this prayer is good prayer that you can pray for yourself and for your family members. You can actually put your family members in there. I pray this prayer quite often. That, that we would be rooted and grounded in God's love and that we would know the, the, the width and the length and the depth and the height and the love of God that surpasses all knowledge. Think about that. Think about that. You can walk in the... Man, I'm going to get down here on your level. You, you can actually walk in a love of God that passes all understanding. And when you start walking in that love that passes all understanding, then there's not going to be any fear that's going to try to come in and wreck your faith walk. When you get a revelation of God's love, and you start studying what Jesus has done for you. Amen. See, listen, Jesus. Can I make a statement today? Jesus loves loves us more than he loved himself. Oh, pastor. That's a that's a statement there. No, Jesus loved us because he was willing to die on this on the cross, you know, die a death that was so terrible. He was willing to give his body up for us and he was willing to be separated from the father for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I would have to declare to you that Jesus loves us more than himself that day. Amen. In other words, his love for you is greater than his love for him and for himself and even him being close to Father. He was willing. Praise God. I'm going to have to close this down. He was willing to be separated from the father because, you know, God can't look on sin and he was a sin sacrifice and he was willing to be separated. He was willing. Why? So that we could be connected so that we could be connected to God. So that we could have a relationship with God Almighty. Eternal life. You know what eternal life is? It's not living forever in heaven. Eternal life, the Bible says, is to know God. That's what eternal life is, is to know the Father. If you know God, you have eternal life. Somebody say, some, I know somebody's thinking, I need to know God. <laughs> you need to know God. To know God. To know who he is. He's for you today. God is for you today. He's not against you. He's not against you. You know, he's for you. He, he loves you so much. He just want, he wants to take you in his arms and wrap you around. He's like, he's, he's the father that's looking. I'm telling you, some of us may not be where we need to be in God. Like who, 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 all of us are like that at times. But God is trying to draw us by his spirit and say, I'm, I'm for you today. I want to help you today. I want to bless you today. I want to reveal my love to you today. The greatest way God reveals his love is through answered prayer. Praise God. When, when we, I'm telling you, when God, God's been answering my prayers lately. And I've been praying and God's been answering. I've been praying and God's been answering. I've been praying and God's been answering. I'm like, wow, it's, it really works. And, and the, 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 the assurance of the love of God a lot of times is when we have answered prayer, like, oh, man, God loves me. He answered my prayer. Glory to God. But when we don't see our prayers answered 
And when we don't see them being answered quickly and there's a process of time, the devil will start working on us and make us think that God doesn't love us. And he will try to make and try to get us to think that we're just poor pulpers, just just beggars down here. No, you're king's kids. Amen. You're a king's kid. I'm prophesying that to you today. And you're not a pulper. You're, you're, you're not a, a person that's a beggar, glory to God. No, you're ambassadors of God. You represent heaven. And you have access to all that heaven has to you. Do you believe that today? I can't even get to my last point. <laughs> I'm going to have to close this down. Maybe I'll work on my last point. You want me to get on my last point? You want me Man, I don't know if I can get to my last point. Amen. I need to close this down. But the third key that you're going to have to walk in, and nobody wants to hear this, is patience. Patience. In Hebrews, people say, okay, now I'm gone. I'm out of here. Patience. Hebrews 6.12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, you know, if you ever study out all the patriarchs, and I'm closing this down, you, 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 you study out Abraham, uh, well, study out Noah. It took him 100 years for that rain to fall. It took him 100 years. God gave some grace to Noah. It took him 100 years to build the ark. And, and so that was some time. God said, I'm going to flood the earth out. It was 100 years. God, God gave him the, the project of the ark to build so he could save mankind and the animals. And then you have, then you have the father of our faith, Abram, which his name was changed to Abraham which means father of many nations. And God said, I've called you a father of many nations before he had the promised child. Calling those things that be not as though they were. Glory to God. And how many years did it take for Abraham to have the promised child? How many years? 25 years. And, you, and you've been waiting for about three weeks. And you're, and, you're, and you're messed up, you know. Three weeks, pastor, I've been believing God. Can somebody say 25 years? 25 years. But guess what? The promised child came. See, I think a lot of times why we don't see things happening as quick is because we're not ready for the happening yet. In other words, God's trying to get us in a position. You know, I always say that God's promises are yes and amen. It's not no and maybe. But there's a process in that. And when you're, you know, you got to, you know, there's a process of God trying to bring us into a place to where we can handle the blessing. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Some people that get things too quick, they lose it. Case in point, King Saul. He was raised up very quick as a king, but he ended up turning against God. He ended up losing his anointing. And, and David, it took him a long while before he became king. It was a process of time. Think about this. Jesus could have started his ministry at 18 years of age. You know that? But the Bible says Jesus started at 30. He was baptized at 30 years of age. Why, did, why didn't God start him at 21? Isn't that the adult time? You know, you're an adult at 21. Well, you know, that's not Bible. That's American rules. But what I'm saying is, no, there's a process. There's a due season. So I'm going to say this to you today. Don't do what the enemy wants you to do is to grow weary. Don't grow weary in doing well or in doing good. Because the Bible says if you faint not, if you don't give up, if you don't relax your hold, if you keep standing, 
on the promises, because the Bible says when you've done all, stand and keep standing. And you keep standing and you keep standing and you keep standing. You're going to see the promise in your life. Do you believe that today? Do you believe it? You just, those that wait upon the Lord. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just learn to wait upon the Lord. And I'm telling you, he will strengthen you. He will bring everything that you need at the time that you need it. Again, he's, he's uh, you know, he's never late. Amen. He's always on time, God. And he's bringing it in. Do you believe that this morning? If you do, say amen. amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we just thank you that you're so good to us. Oh, Father, I thank you for these precious people. And I thank you for the precious people that are watching online. Praise God. And you may be in a place right now where you don't want to be. Maybe there's situations in your life that's happening that you don't like. Well, well, God, he is the great I am and he is whatever you need him to be. Perhaps you're not walking with God like you need to or perhaps you've never received Christ as your savior. Well, today is the day of salvation. So, I, I, you know, if God's moving on your heart and you're ready just to get a relationship with God through his son. Say this after me and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.